کشمش That's me. Hi, welcome to Fill Me Wally Feelings. I am your host, Jeshmish, and this is my very first podcast. I wanted to sincerely apologize for not releasing last week as I had intended. I honestly don't have any good excuse except for the fact that I hate recording when there are a bunch of people in my apartment. It's super awkward. And I also had to deal with another uninvited and unwanted guest. It rhymes with house. Can you guess what it is? Ugh. Anyways, so moral of the story is, I guess sometimes life happens. But soon enough, as I get on a routine with this podcast, it will also be a part of my life. And hopefully a part of yours. So... A little bit of background. I started this podcast as a passion project to make my obsession with Bollywood a little bit more productive. So basically most of my life, all I've been doing is either re-watching all of the 90s Bollywood movies, obsessing over SRK, and counting down for new theatrical releases. By the way, only nine days until Kalank. Who's excited? Anyways, I'll continue to do all of that, but I'll also do this. So, from this point onwards, we will be going on a weekly journey to talk about issues and subjects relevant in our non-filmy world and compare it to how Bollywood portrays them. Or vice versa. Sometimes we watch something in a movie and we wonder, Hey, I wonder how this would be taken in real life. In order to make the points I have a little bit stronger, I'll be watching two films related to the topic of discussion, and we will then work on juxtaposing our two worlds. Please remember that these are strictly my views and stances that I have formed based on certain observations. You may or may not agree with me, and honestly, you don't have to. I advise you to listen at your own discretion but please listen with an open mind. Also keep in mind that I am not from India. I am just a Bollywood fan from the States. So sometimes a lot of things I say may have an NRI lens to it. Don't hesitate to call me out on it. I'm always open to discussion. And with that said, let's discuss our very first topic, the female villain. Last month, it was Women's History Month, a notable month for women. And exactly one month ago on this day, it was International Women's Day. During this time, we often like to focus on women who have made a positive impact towards society. Women who support other women in times of success and in failure. While most of the month was geared towards the likes of Mother India and Manikarnika and the V-rays of the weddings, I wanted to look at the opposite end of the spectrum, kind of a moral gray area. Kind of in the evil mother-in-law in serial territory, you know, the ones your grandma 
and your aunties watch. Insert dramatic music. <clears throat> so here we don't really see women supporting women. We see more of the likes of women being pitted against one another to achieve something greater, to vilify someone. You know that saying, here's to strong women. May we know them, may we be them, and may we raise them. Well, not here. When we look at Bollywood's form of a villain, we see revenge seekers, ruthless contract killers, and drug lords, to name a few. Bollywood's form of a villainess boils down to the mean mother-in-law, the highly ambitious career woman, or the stalker girlfriend. And art does imitate life. We do end up seeing a lot of these women today either at work, at school, and in our homes. So my question is, is Bollywood limiting itself in the way it portrays the morally corrupt woman? This week, our two films in focus are Gupt and Atharaz. Gupt was released in 1997, starring Bobby Dole, Kajol, and Manisha Koirala in lead roles. It was directed by Rajiv Rai. <clears throat> it's about a guy named Sahil, who is played by Bobby Dewell, who is a super duper spoiled brat and is the stepson of a very powerful politician. He's in love with his childhood friend Isha, played by Kajol, who is his stepdad secretary's daughter. His stepdad unbeknownst to him, arranges for him to get married to another politician's daughter, Sheetal, played by Manisha Koirala, who's also a good friend of Sahil's, who is also in love with him, of course. So at a party, Sahil's stepdad makes the announcement that Sahil is getting married to Sheetal. Sahil gets so infuriated by this news and says, how could you do this to me? I only love Isha. And literally then points a knife at him in front of everyone. And incidentally, the next day, his stepdad gets murdered. And the only clue left behind is a locket. All signs, of course, point to Sahil because of his actions the day before. So he gets locked up in prison, uh, a sentence of 14 years, but he manages to escape prison and seek justice for his dad's killer. And every time he tries to get close to what, um, like a murder, like the murder itself he um he ends up finding like if he's about to go to like his dad's doctor's house or someone who was a close informer of his father anytime he gets close 
the the person end up ends up getting murdered. So there's like a whole series of murders throughout uh, the film after Sahil escapes. And little does he know, spoiler alert, that the murderer is none other than Isha. It's a crazy movie. This movie is literally bonkers. Um, but I don't want to get too into like a film critique. So I'm going to move on to Edraz. So Edraz was released in 2004 and stars Akshay Kumar, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, and Karina Kapoor Khan in lead roles. It was directed by the director duo Abbas Mustan. This is also said to be a remake of the Hollywood film Disclosure. Uh, full of disclosure, I have not seen that film. <clears throat> so, Edraz is about a guy named Raj Malotra. And let me tell you one thing. There can only be one Raj Malotra. And this one is not it. So, Raj Malotra is played by Akshay Kumar, and he works at a cell phone company. And he gets married to a lawyer named Bria Saxena, played by Karina Kapoor Khan. Bria gave up practicing law to manage the household, and she is pregnant with their son. Things are also looking good for Raj at work as he is about to get announced as CEO by his boss on their company's annual day. At the annual day ceremony, accompanying his boss, Mr. Roy, is his new wife, Sonia Roy. Sonia Roy makes the announcement of the three big promotions at the company. When she announces the new CEO of the company, Raj is shell-shocked to hear that his friend at work got the position. And then she makes a final announcement for the surprise fourth promotion, which is the board of director. Which then Raj is overjoyed. But later he finds out that this was Sonia's ploy to stay close to him and make physical advances towards him. Raj, of course, rejects the physical advances because he's married and is uncomfortable and doesn't like her that way, even though he had a past with her. But that, and that seemed to have come up again. And thus, this ends up ruining his career not before his wife steps in as his lawyer to defend him in court. Yeah. So, we have two movies and two female villains. Um, some notable facts about it. We have both Kajol and Priyanka Chopra, who won the Filmfare Award 
for best actor in a negative role for their respective roles. Kajol was the first female to win an award for this category ever in 1998, followed by Priyanka in 2005. And this was a pivotal point for both of their careers. Another notable fact about Gupt was that it starred like almost every 90s villain ever, except Amrish Buri. But incidentally, he was in Edra's, so kind of evened out. So I wanted to kind of get into like the description of the villains, um, kind of their dressing sense, their personality, and kind of how they ended up, and if they have um, any redeemable characteristics. So, in terms of style, Isha, most of the time she dressed in Western clothes, short skirts, feminine fitted tops, dresses. But then in her serial killer gear, this was like a complete contrast to her serial killer gear. Her serial killer gear was either all black, which was at the end, or she wore boots and baggy jeans. Only two, only those two uh, items were visible, along with the knife she used to kill everyone. Um, on the other hand, Sonia Roy, she wore bikinis, mostly because she was a supermodel. She also wore well-fitted Western clothes. Uh, she also wore very fitted power suits in the second half of her career when she became Mrs. Roy and fitted gowns that accentuate her figure. Her nails were always manicured also. Um, Personality-wise, Isha, she's not super friendly. She's kind of obsessive. Uh, I feel like she didn't have any career ambitions and her life only revolved around Sahil. So aside from the fact that she was a serial killer, she gave off a pretty one-dimensional vibe to me. Um, Sonia, on the other hand, she was um, ambitious. She was willing to sacrifice her personal life for her professional growth. Um, there was a point in the film when Raj was reflecting on his past, um, and he remembers when, um, Sonia was at the peak of her career, uh, she ended up getting pregnant with their baby, and... Raj was really happy, but Sonia was like, I can't, I can't give up my career for this to have a child. So she, she got an abortion. And this is pretty rare to see in Bollywood where you see like a woman going to go get an abortion and doesn't kind of make too much of it. I mean, in the end, it kind of shows it's like, oh, my 
my current wife, Bria, kind of gave up her life to be with me and she's bearing my child kind of thing. It just kind of showed like the contrast between Bria and uh, Sonia. Um, Sonia is very demanding. She doesn't settle for a no. So when Sonia was kind of making her advances towards Raj and Raj kept rejecting her advances, Sonia was like, you can't do this. You can't embarrass me like this. It's like, and she kind of like made sure his life gets ruined when um, he rejected her advances. Um, so Sonia married someone really old compared to her. So she said that she has been physically very unsatisfied, which kind of puts her at a similar point with Isha because she ended up kind of becoming obsessed with Raj and kind of went to a lot of, to any extent to kind of obtain him. And in the end, Isha was killed by the police in an encounter and died in Sahil's arms. Sonia, out of embarrassment and losing everything, ends up alone and commits suicide, which shows both these villainesses died. Um, do they have any redeemable characteristics? Um, let's see. As far as Isha goes, she's pretty loyal. I'm not going to lie. Um, her loyalty towards Sahil, even though it ended up killing her, it's safe to say she was loyal to him all her life. She would kind of do anything for him as... You saw through all of the murders. Um, it's safe to say also that she probably wouldn't ever cheat on him because she loves him a lot. Um, it's a it's a love on a different kind of level, but she did really love him. Um, Sonia. And I thought she was really ambitious and self-sufficient. And those are extremely positive characteristics. But the film kind of made being driven and self-sufficient. It like, the film showed that it kind of made her career. But in the end, it showed that she, like being so ambitious kind of ruined her personal life where she ended up becoming very lonely and killed herself.
Okay. Now, how do these women relate to our everyday non-filmy world? Where have we seen the Isha Divans and where have we seen the Sonia Roys of our world? Um, as far as Isha Divan goes, I've definitely seen her on Dateline. I mean, most of the time we see serial killers or murderers or rapists. And um, there is a difference, I feel like, between like a cold-blooded murderer and like a person who kills for like, for the one they love. I guess in this sense, Isha has been committing crimes of passion. Like her love for Sahil is so strong that in order to protect him and in order to keep the two of them together, she will go to any extent to achieve that. Um, another concept that Isha's character brings up is the concept of obsessive love. Now, I've seen many girls who I've got, I have gone to school with kind of try to casually bump into the guys they like kind of do like a meet cute um like based on the guy's schedule it's like if you see him walking out of class uh every day at 3 p.m you want to like go and casually bump into them it sounds cute and all but then i saw it in gupt and the way isha does it it just doesn't feel cute at all. It just gives you like a weird feeling. Um, not that I suspected her to be the killer in the beginning. Um, but I was just like, this is not a meat cute. This it just didn't feel cute. Um, like, of course, towards the end, I realized that it was bordering on stalkerish behavior. And actually, in her case, it was stalkerish behavior because it went from straight up stalking to like serial killer. Um, now, honestly, a lot of Isha's behavior has to do with the fact that she has had a lifetime of mental illness and it has been untreated. Like, she had severe anger issues. Even her father was like, when, um, when Sahil and Isha were kids, her father was like, okay, um, so one time a dog bit Sahil and Isha went crazy and killed the dog. So from the beginning, from as a child, she was, she has been capable of murder. And that kind of severity in anger has been left untreated her entire childhood. So when she became a college student, it just became full blown. Um, and she literally went on a murdering spree. 
and murdered anybody that came in her and Sahil's way. Um, it's like, I mean, the fact is that her father knew all of this. Um, and he didn't get her the proper psychiatric treatment that she needed. Um, now, granted, uh, in India or in the Indian community, sometimes mental health is a little bit stigmatized. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I do know it's improving and um, especially in the film industry, we have a great role model um, and spokesperson for mental health. Uh, shout out to Deepika Padukone, hashtag live, laugh, love, um, for making people more aware about mental illness. Um, but yes, there is a stigma behind it. And I understand from, I understand his point and his perspectives from a societal standpoint, but when things are so severe, when you know your daughter is capable of murder, it's time to get her treated. But in terms of Sonia Roy, she, her character brought up a few points. Um, one of them is a really big one, um, which is sexual harassment in the workplace. Um, of course, Sonia was a big perpetrator in um, harassing her, harassing the people under her or the a person under her, which is Raj Malhotra. Um, let's not overlook the fact that Raj always used to come into the office and smack um, this girl Jenny's backside every day with like a newspaper or something. And they kind of like brushed upon it, but then they completely dismissed it. I don't know. I I found that pretty problematic. Like, so I mean, I didn't have like a whole lot of sympathy for Raj, but um, in that aspect, when they brought Jenny to the stand at court, I was just like. Yeah, you kind of deserve to be called out for it. Um, but yes, uh, I have seen. I have seen. Well, I have heard more cases of sexual harassment in the workplace where the male is the perpetrator. And the woman is the victim. But yes, I have also heard of cases where the woman is the perpetrator and the male is the victim. Um, it all happens when there is a change or shift in the power dynamic. Um, anytime somebody 
feels like they have more power over you, they do it. Um, in terms of power, um, it brings me to the next point where um, ambitious women are often portrayed as villains in real life as well. Uh, this is so true. I, <clears throat> I have seen it, um, where there is a woman who has reached a very powerful position, um, and she started out in, like, a regular position, and now she's kind of at a much higher level. Um, a lot of the times people credit that to a woman's looks, her sexuality, um, as, this is especially when the woman is young, let's say like under 40 <clears throat> and she's attractive and dresses very nice. Um, most people, most of the time, men and women have made comments saying, oh, uh, she couldn't have gotten to her position without compromising herself or sleeping her way to the top. Um, this kind of thought process is so problematic and it's kind of registered in films as well, which is even scarier because this kind, this is reaching like a really wide audience. Like if people are already thinking these kinds of things, um, Bollywood is perpetuating more of these stereotypes. Um, Now, uh, another, another way Sonia Roy's relatability to the real life comes up is the concept of trophy wives. Um, you've kind of seen them, you know, you've seen them in media, you've you may have seen them in person. Usually somebody is called a trophy wife if they marry a really, really much older man than themselves. They're probably like really young and the guy is probably like in their 60s. She's either in her 30s or in her 20s. Um... Most of the time, people assume that, yes, she definitely did this for money. Um, and, yes, there are times where um, this, is, this case is true. Um, but I can give you a case. Of course, it's not in real life, but it's in a show. Um, 
Modern Family, where Gloria marries Jay. Um, Gloria fits into the box, the stereotypical box of what a a trophy wife is. Uh, Essentially, she's beautiful. She's much younger than Jay. um, And she dresses like her she dresses to accentuate her figure um and in most most cases when people look at her people think oh yeah that's a trophy wife um while in hindsight this is not true she truly loves jay um and time and time again it has been proven um that she does love him. And they just have like a very, very wide age difference. Um, another aspect and concept that Sonia Royce and Ed Roz brought up was can women have it all? See, in Edra's, we we saw Rhea Saxena give up her career for Raj Malhotra and have babies um, and take care of the household. Whereas Sonia kind of gave up and aborted her child to further her career. Um, And Raj told Sonia that, mark my words, one day you will have a lot of success, a lot of money, a lot of power, but you're going to be alone. And that's going to eat you alive. And it did. Sonia Roy, in the end, when she lost the court case with Raj Malhotra and Bria, Saxena... She was alone. Her husband left her. Um, And in the end, she committed suicide because she was alone. So it just brings up that concept of can women have it all? I personally think they can. You can have kids. You can have a great career. You can run a household. And and just do it all. Um, but this movie kind of either or. It was like either you give up your career for the man you love or just rise to the top of the ladder and without love or anything. That's the only way you'll be successful. Uh, again, another really problematic portrayal. But so, so this is this is how they both relate. They they kind of have a way of relating to our everyday non-filmy world. Okay, since we're talking about Bollywood here, we gotta talk about the songs. Music 
is an essential part of Bollywood. So it is imperative we talk about some of these tracks. Um, my main question for this segment is, did any of these songs pull the theme forward in any way, or are they just kind of there? Um, the music director for Gupt was Viju Shah, and the music director of Ethras was Himesh Reshamiya. Um, in my opinion, the only relevant song in Gupt was the title song. You know the one I'm talking about. Uh, the one that goes goop goop. Yes, that one. Yeah, so anytime I heard the goop goop in the background, you knew there was something about to be happening, like another murder or something. Uh, you always saw Isha with her knife and her suit, uh, serial killer suit getting ready for the next victim. Um, as far as Etraz goes, um, there was a song where Sonia foreshadowed as she was the storm that was coming in between Raj's and Priya's way. And um, basically, it was like a warning. Um, and the song is called Talatum. Um, and Talatum means storm. So that was basically um, a telling, telling sign that this girl is not good news and even Bria could sense it and she literally had a conversation with Raj in the song where she sensed Sonia's behavior basically warned Raj like beware of this storm As far as the other songs go, in Gupt, there was nothing else. Uh, as far as Etraz goes, um, there was another song which was kind of poignant, um, kind of also like showcased how Sonia's mind worked and how she's using her power towards Raj. Um, it's a purely imagination scene, like it's all in her head, but it's a song called I Want to Make Love to You. And it's basically Sonia imagining that Raj comes to her and says, hey, I'm ready to do whatever you want to save my career and my reputation. And then it just goes into Sonia's version, delusions of her fantasies with Raj. Um, I thought that one was a pretty telling song. Um, and as far as music goes, uh, 
I'm not trying to give a music review or anything, but the songs in Gupt are just so catchy. I think the music is probably like 50% of the reason that movie was a hit. The songs are really catchy. Um, as far as Ed Thraz goes, I feel like only two songs are really relevant. The rest are just kind of fillers. Um, just kind of there. And with such like a grave and serious concept, I feel like they could have done a lot less songs. Um, as far as Goop goes, <laughs> I found the film very caricaturish. So the songs are whatever. It's kind of like 90s Bollywood kind of put it in there. Um, so yeah, those are my opinions on the music for both these films. All right, so my last and final tunnel vision perspective is that I thought, although the female villains were more prompt were the more prominent part of the story, we cannot help but ignore the fact that ultimately the story revolved around the leading man. And because of that, Isha was not a compelling character on her own because she was obsessed with Sahil and basically just eliminated anyone who hurt him or came in the way of their love. If you take away everything, Actually, the most interesting aspect about her was the twist in the end where she ended up being the killer. Only one other um, scene which also showcased Kajol's acting chops was um, the angry outburst scene when Sahil went to jail. Just the, the sheer anger um, and, like, destruction of everything in the house. Um, it just, you just knew that there was something beyond, um, it was something beyond her love for Sahil. It just was straight up obsession with Sahil. <clears throat> um, honestly, if there was an alternate ending for Gup, I wouldn't be surprised if Gajol's character was completely sidelined. Like, there was literally no other dimension to her except for the fact that she has anger issues and she is the serial killer. Um, our other villain, on the other hand, Sonia Roy, uh, she definitely had more dimensions than Isha, uh, especially in the first half of her life where she was an ambitious model who was kind of doing stuff to put forth her career, like, um, 
And then in the second half, it kind of revolved around the fact that she needed to have a physical relationship. Um, she just ended up being like a driven, ambitious woman who ended up doing something gravely wrong. Um, however, like in Gupt, we saw with um, Sheetal and uh, we saw the triangle between Sheetal, Isha, and Sahil. Um, we just ended up hitting women against one another because of the man. And same way in Ethra's, it was, again, pitting Priya with Sonia. It was kind of like a good versus evil kind of thing. Um, not a fan of that. Um, and it just makes it seem like Women only become negative when there's an issue with the man they are involved with. I honestly would rather see something where there is no male-related motivation or obsession. Also, I would love to see Alia Bhatt or Deepika Padukone in negative roles. Your thoughts? Who do you want to see as a villain? Please DM, tweet, or email me your thoughts. But for now, I honestly have to say that Bollywood, you gotta do better in portraying your female villains. I personally would want to see a female Dawn or female Bazigar or a Gone Girl. Like a really well-rounded, solid villain with motivations and reasons beyond a passion for a man. Because even villains need to be wholesome. Now, if you have more movies that you know with notable female villains, please give me a shout out on Twitter, Instagram, or Reddit at HeyChushmish. Or email me at HeyChushmish at gmail.com. I would love to revisit this topic again sometime and dive more into lady villains of Hindi cinema. But for now, my rant is over. Please tune in next week as we focus on, we focus on how Bollywood deals with autism. Since April is Autism Awareness Month, let's see Bollywood's approach to it. I'll be watching Barfi and my name is Khan this week. So feel free to watch along with me. Till next time.